0: Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Cohen, coming to you from home, as I hope you are. Um, I know that obviously for some people uh, have to be out there, if you work in grocery stores, if you work in the medical field, uh, pharmaceuticals, science, uh, deliveries, uh, food, you know, takeout and delivery, uh, if you are doing that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, It is the thing that is keeping our country, our world going. If you are not one of those people, I sincerely hope you're staying home as much as humanly possible. Uh, I know it can be tough, but we are seeing around the world that this is working, this is the least bad option. And ultimately, uh, while it's an inconvenience, it's it's not horrible. You know, if, if saving lives... Uh, the only cost to saving lives is that we all have to stay at home and just sort of mill around the house and eat snacks and listen to podcasts like this, uh, then it's certainly a uh, an easy price to pay. So in this episode, uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about pit basketball, what's been going on there when it comes to transfers, because big piece of news broke s- shortly after my last episode came out, so I'll hit on that. And uh, then I'm also going to hit on a... Uh, An interesting topic about a Mount Rushmore of players who were at school when you were so if you're listening to this if you went to Pitt, who were the top four players that went to school when you did so i'm going to mention mine and then i'd like to hear from you guys uh, on twitter and then i'm going to be doing uh, just a very brief update about the bracket we did uh through cardiac hill about the most binge watchable tv shows because we came up with a winner for that and then we're going to be doing one more bracket it is still march and uh you know, why not, right? What else are we going to do? So we're going to have some fun and we're going to be doing a bracket of the best comedy movies. So we'll get into that just a little bit later. Uh, but first I do want to talk about Trey McGowan's transferring uh, off the pit basketball team, which is some pretty big news came in about two weeks ago, a uh, week and a half, maybe I think was the, was the last podcast. And you know, it, it is big news. He was the third leading scorer for pit basketball last year. He had 11 and a half points per game, he was one of the two best players, the two stars that really emerged uh, when they were freshmen, Trey McGowans and Xavier Johnson, uh, two years ago. And then this past season, he uh, sort of regressed or at least didn't take a big step up. And uh, Steven Gertz, our uh, Cardiac Hill contributor, wrote a great piece on this on Cardiac Hill. I highly suggest you read it about uh, what losing Trey McGowans is going to do when it comes to on the court. Because he, he is a good player. He's a legitimately good player. And I know a lot of people are saying, okay, well, see you later. It, it is going to be a loss, and I think we we should not discount that. But overall, while it's not often that you lose your, your third leading scorer and can say, eh, for the most part, it's fine. But for this, you kind of can. And the main reason for that isn't so much that Trey McGowan's was bad. Because he wasn't, and it's not that he was frustrating. Because you know he was at times, but okay, you can get over that. It's that he played such a remarkably similar game to Xavier Johnson, Xavier Johnson, Trey McGowan's. They came in the same class, uh, and they they both pretty much play the same position. Uh, Xavier Johnson's a bit more of a point guard. He's a bit better at handling the ball. Uh, Trey McGowan's can make a lot of mistakes, but for the most part, you know they're both guards. They're not shooters. Uh, They're not even phenomenal passers. Really, what they do is they drive. They drive to the hole. They can get layups, and uh, that's pretty much what they do. They're both slashers. And so when you talk about it, one problem—one theory— of why Xavier Johnson, and really you could say for either of them, why they didn't take a step up is because of the other one, that they just didn't fit because they were essentially the same player, and you can't have two of them on the court. Because if you've got the two of them, neither one is really going to be a threat to shoot from the outside. Trey McGowan's could a little bit more, but for the most part, it's it's not happening too much. And so when you've got two players that don't complement each other, that really just repeat, Uh, I mean, it's the same thing. They just duplicate each other. It's not going to work out too well. And if you're going to keep one of the two, it's got to be Xavier Johnson. He was slightly better in points per game. Uh, He was about, uh, one and a half assists per game more than Trey McGowan's. He was even slightly ahead in rebounds per game. Uh, when it comes to, uh, field goal percentage, he was slightly better. He was more accurate when it comes to uh, free throw percentage, he was more accurate. And When it comes to three-point percentage, while he shot a good amount fewer threes than Trey McGowan's, Xavier Johnson had the better three-point percentage. McGowan's was 31% from beyond the arc, Xavier 33%. So if you're going to have one of those two players, Xavier Johnson's the guy. And I think with Trey McGowan's leaving, that will give space for Xavier Johnson to flourish. Now we'll see if he does. He might not. Maybe that this is just him. What we saw last season, it's going to continue and we'll see. But with Xavier Johnson, more than Trey McGowan's, and again, Trey's a very good player and I wish him well wherever he goes. But with Xavier Johnson, there is a bit more untapped potential there, in my opinion. I could see him becoming a star. There's a reason why people were talking about Xavier Johnson and not Trey McGowan's before the season when it comes to NBA draft stock or something uh, to to that effect. So I think there's certainly something to be said there. And if you remove Trey McGowan's, maybe that gives more of a chance for Xavier Johnson to succeed and do what he does best without having essentially a carbon copy of himself on the floor pretty much minute for minute. Those are two of your three best players, so they were on the floor pretty much all season long together, and now you're going to have Johnson out there without McGowans. and it'll be interesting to see what he does with those minutes, now that he doesn't have a guy with the exact same skill set on the floor with him. So Trey McGowans, it'll be very interesting to, to see what happens, and, you know, of course, wish him the best. Off the floor, there were some rumblings down the stretch in this season when people were saying some guy's aren't as thrilled about being a pit Panther. They don't appreciate being able to wear pit on their chest and things like that. And it was never exactly clear who they were talking about, but it's sort of, you can put the pieces together that it was Trey McGowan's that he just wasn't really feeling it at pit. And so when you talk about that, if you're just not feeling it, if it's not a fit, then okay. Um, you, you, you talk about it. It's better for that player to leave. And uh, on the court, again, it's not great. to to lose a player, to lose your third leading scorer. But if it helps Xavier Johnson improve, and I don't know if it will, but if it does, and it could, then it will certainly be worth it. And so we'll see. I I don't think that the extra roster spot that they now have uh, is necessarily going to be better than Trey McGowan's, but sometimes there's addition by subtraction. And so we'll see if Xavier Johnson could take a big step up in the absence of McGowan's. Um, so that's that's my take on, on Pitt basketball. Currently, they're looking in the transfer market. There are a lot of players out there coming from a bunch of different schools, just like Trey McGowan's has a lot of interest in places, and and Ryan Murphy also who's transferring out. Now Pitt's uh, sniffing around. They're looking at Brendan Barry from Dartmouth. They're looking at Nate Johnson from Gardner-Webb. Uh, they're looking at... Um, a couple other guys, Alan Griffin and Ian uh, DuBose. Uh, Mike Wilson has been doing a phenomenal job on Cardiac Hill keeping us up to date with all of the potential transfer news. So definitely check out CardiacHill.com uh, because there's a, a ton of good news in there. We'll see when it becomes official, but You know, there's certainly all this talk when it comes to transferring players, and and so we'll see what happens there. Uh, One thing I I did want to talk about uh, before I I mention the brackets and then we'll wrap it up is uh, I saw something on Twitter to the effect of, what's your Mount Rushmore of, of favorite football players when you were a student at your school? So basically, in the four years or however many years that you were at college, who were the, your your four favorite football players. Now, I'm going to amend the question a little bit because I think basketball's a huge sport, certainly was a huge sport at Pitt when I was there. A lot of uh, great athletes. And I'm also going to change it from favorite to best because I think it just, favorite has a lot of different connotations. A lot of people could be your favorite and it doesn't really say much about your time there. One of my favorites is probably Adam Bisnavati. I don't think anyone would call him an all-time great, but But I loved him. And so I'm going to amend the question to uh, best players and all sports. So you could include Olympic sports if you want. But for the most part, I imagine people will stick to football and basketball. So I was at Pitt from 2011 to 2015. So my Mount Rushmore of best players when I was a student. uh, Number one is gotta be James Conner. Number two, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald probably better on the field, got more accomplished on the field than James Conner. But, of course, the story of James Conner, what he was able to come back from, absolutely unbeatable, and it was really incredible. Both amazing stories. So, uh, without a doubt, James Conner, Aaron Donald can, uh, you know, blow away most people's four. Just those two could blow away most people's four. But I've got two more really good ones for you. Uh, I've got Tyler Boyd, who was a wide receiver when I was at Pitt. Phenomenal athlete. And then uh, when it comes to basketball, Steven Adams. He was only a pit for one year, uh, but he was there at the same time that I was. He lived in my dorm. He actually lived directly uh, below me. I was on the seventh floor. He was on the sixth. Uh, I had a lot of friends on his floor, spent time on his floor, spent time with him. He would actually get involved with floor activities and stuff. Really nice guy uh and it's it's really cool to see what he's doing in the NBA uh and I certainly expected him to be at Pitt for more than a season I think he also expected he was going to be there for more than a season but I think ultimately the opportunity to make money was just too big to pass up and who can blame him for that so that's my mount rushmore of uh student athletes that were at Pitt the same time I was I will put that up against anyone else now if you were Pitt from 1976 to 1980, then there might be, uh, there might be, uh, some competition there, uh, and you know certainly in the early 2000s, uh, there's a lot that can go around. But I'm pretty happy about it, even though Pitt was not that good when I was there. Neither football nor basketball, they were both about average, maybe a little bit above average. They weren't that great, but man, were there some good athletes. So my my Mount Rushmore. Of best athletes when I was at Pitt. James Conner, Aaron Donald, Tyler Boyd, and Steven Adams. And I'm very happy with uh, my Mount Rushmore. So now we're going to take a very brief break uh, to hear a word from our sponsor. And then we'll come back. And I just want to update you on the brackets. Stay tuned. Okay, we are back. Um, So we ran a bracket because March Madness, what else are you going to do? And it was about the best TV shows to binge during this quarantine. And uh, we had a ton of votes on uh, Twitter. Thank you all so much for that. Uh, Basically, we split it up. It was 16 shows on each side. We had a drama side and a comedy side, so it was a 32-show bracket. Uh, The Sweet 16, I'm going to go down to that. The seating, I will take great pride in the seating. The seating, for the most part, held up extremely well. The uh, Sweet 16 was almost entirely chalk, except somehow there was an 8-seed that beat a 1. We'll get into that in just a second. So, the Sweet 16 came down to Breaking Bad, the 1-seed versus Game of Thrones, and then The Wire versus The Sopranos. And on the comedy side, somehow, you people don't appreciate Veep. I have no idea why. You had Entourage beating Veep in the second round. I do not understand it. I love Entourage. The first four seasons... Are like my comfort food. I can watch them anytime. It's a great show. Veep is one of the best shows of all time. I have no clue how you people uh, knocked it out in the second round, but you did. So that was eight seed Entourage against four seed The Office, and then two seed Seinfeld against three seed Parks and Rec. Uh, outside of that, it sort of went how I expected it to go. Uh, Breaking Bad and The Wire, Breaking Bad won. Seinfeld and The Office, The Office won. And then in the championship, it was remarkably close, but Breaking Bad beat out The Office, which is my preference. When it Certainly when it comes to dramas, when you're putting up a comedy versus drama, it's tough. Uh, but in that matchup, when it comes to dramas, Breaking Bad for me, absolutely number one. It is phenomenal. It's bingeable. It's not too long. It's just a great show and uh yeah it's it's i'm i'm glad that you guys voted at the winner because it's a very deserving winner and uh I, while i i love seinfeld i enjoy the office i haven't watched the wire i'm hope depending on how long this quarantine is i'm going to get into the wire uh but it certainly seems like uh like you guys did for the most part a good job voting i'm still mad at you for that uh veep snub. so uh now that that is done we're going to do one more bracket because again What else are we going to do? And with everything going on, you know, the news will drive you crazy. And while TV shows to binge are great... It can be a little long. It can take a long time, and maybe sometimes you're just not in the mood to do a whole series. Maybe sometimes you just want to put on a movie, maybe something you've seen before, but it just makes you feel good and it puts a smile to your face. We are doing a bracket of comedy movies. I'm talking pure comedies, no you know, dramedies, no things that are sort of in between. That's sort of a drama, but it makes you laugh. Wolf of Wall Street has a ton of humor in it. But I'm just talking pure comedy. So that's what this bracket is. It's not going to have stuff like Wolf of Wall Street or Inglorious Bastards, you know, stuff that has comedy, pulp fiction, stuff that has comedy, but it's not a pure comedy. This is just pure comedies, movies that exist pretty solely to make you laugh. And there's going to be a couple stuff in there, a little action comedy, romantic comedy, but it's just comedies. There's really not going to be too much that's heavy in there. So without further ado, this is going to be a 64 movie bracket the TV shows was 32, this was 64, so we'll see how it goes, but like I said, it's going to give us stuff to talk about, so, uh, it is in four, uh, quadrants, obviously, four regionals, you could say, uh, and the four regionals are Modern Classics, Edgy Breakthroughs, then there is the Apatow, Sandler, Rogan, Farrell, uh, Division, you can just call it the Legends Division, whatever you want to call it, and then the Throwbacks, so the stuff from the 80s, 90s, even, even a bit earlier, so, Taking a look at the modern classics, this is stuff that's pretty much PG-13, family stuff, relatively modern, and, and just phenomenal comedies that everyone can watch. Uh, we have got Dodgeball against against Miscongeniality, Best in Show against Meet the Parents, Austin Powers against Role Models, Legally Blonde against Zoolander, Big Daddy vs. Easy a, Wedding Crashers vs. White Chicks, School of Rock vs. Ace Ventura, and Mean Girls vs. Crazy Stupid Love. All phenomenal movies, movies that just put a smile on your face you can watch a million times, easy watch. Uh, so that is going to be that regional. Then in the Apatow, Sandler, Rogan, Farrell category, these are legends. This is what I've got. 40-Year-Old Virgin against fifty-first Dates. Step Brothers versus Knocked Up. Billy Madison versus Old School. Forgetting Sarah Marshall versus Bridesmaids. Anchorman vs. Talladega Knights in a Will Ferrell battle, Happy Gilmore vs. Neighbors, Big Daddy vs. The Waterboy in a Sandler battle, and then Superbad vs. This Is The End. So that is the uh, Apatow-Sandler-Rogan-Ferrell region. Very interesting to see what comes out of there. Then on to Edgy Breakthroughs. These are going to be similar to the last one, mostly R-rated movies, uh, but things that... Sort of broke the mold, came out of nowhere, not from someone who is a legend or maybe they sort of are now, but they they certainly weren't at the time. It's not uh, those four power hitters. So what we've got, Office Space vs. Zombieland, American Pie vs. American Pie 2, that's an 8-9 matchup, Clerks vs. The Big Lebowski, I Love You Man vs. Tropic Thunder, Ted vs. Juno, The Hangover vs. Ted 2, Horrible bosses versus Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, which is a brutal matchup uh, for me. I love both of those movies. And Borat versus There's something about Mary. So those are the movies, all uh, for the most part, pretty recent, late '90s and into the 2000s, and again breakthroughs for you know for the most part people. That aren't known for just churning out comedy hit after comedy hit. And then throwbacks. We've got Ferris Bueller's Day Off against the Blues Brothers, Young Frankenstein vs. Blazing Saddles in a Mel Brooks battle. We've got Ghostbusters vs. Wayne's World, Clueless vs. Mrs. Doubtfire, the Producers vs. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Groundhog Day vs. Tootsie, Monty Python vs. Harry met when Harry Met Sally, and Airplane vs. Coming to America. A very tough category, I'll admit. I have not seen all of them, uh, but you know certainly some of those absolute classics. Can't go wrong with Mel Brooks. Ferris Bueller's classic, Groundhog Day, Airplane has some of the funniest bits I've ever seen. Clueless is a great movie. Uh, and so, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I apologize if, if you don't like the seating. The seating worked out mostly well during the, the TV show binge bracket, so we'll see how this one goes. I'm expecting more upsets. But, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. I thought it was just, again, these are all movies that are just going to make you laugh, make you feel good. You can watch them a bunch of times. If you watch the news, if you watch uh, some press conferences and you don't like what you see, put on one of these movies and uh, you'll just have an hour and a half, maybe two hours of just laughing, which is which is what we need right now. So uh, that is the bracket. Again, we've got the four regionals, modern classics, Apatow Sandler, Rogan Farrell, edgy breakthroughs, and throwbacks. We're going to be doing the voting on Twitter. Again, my Twitter handle is at Corey E. Cohen, C-O-R-E-Y-E, C-O-H-E-N. I'm going to be retweeting them on uh, Cardiac Hill. so if you follow that, uh, you can vote through there. Uh, and, and we're going to be rolling out. We're going to be having fun with this. So uh, I hope you don't disappoint me like you did with the knocking out Veep so early, but we will see. Again, the voting will be on Twitter My handle is at Corey E. Cohen. And also, I want you to let me know what your Mount Rushmore is of the best student-athletes when you were a student. Whether you went to Pitt or if you're a Pitt fan that didn't go to Pitt uh, and you went somewhere else, maybe you've got a pretty good Mount Rushmore. But hit me up on Twitter again, at Corey E. Cohen, C-O-R-E-Y-E-C-O-H-E-N. And let me know what your Mount Rushmore is of best athletes when you were in college. So that is it for this edition of Unscripted. Uh, We're going to be taking a break for a little while because there's not too much to talk about. If something big comes up, certainly do an episode. What else am I doing? Uh, But uh, for the most part, there's not going to be too much news. And uh, things are starting to slow down in in the college sports world anyway. So, uh, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break from this, but uh, still, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it, Apple, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get it, search for Cardiac Hill, hit the subscribe button, then whenever there's a new episode, you get it uh, straight to your phone. And, uh, yeah, that'll be it for a little bit, but again, follow on Twitter. The bracket should be a fun time until next time. Again, please stay inside as much as you can you and go out and get a walk. If you're distanced from other people, you can go out and get takeout food if it's safe. Uh, but for the most part, please, please, please stay inside. And to everyone who can't stay inside because they're doing incredible work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, I'm Corey Cohen signing off from unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast.